huge stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. going on Dodgers Nation welcome to the Dodgers Nation post game show thanks for rocking with us at the Dodgers get the dub they get back on track at home against the White Sox they win by a final score of five to one no shutout of course Bruce Dark Gradrall had to come in there in the end after they get the run on the sack fly by Yasmani Grandal but the Dodgers they get a much needed victory they improved to 38 and 29 they're now second place in the NLS they pick up a game on the Dimebacks who lose tonight the Dodgers now three games back LA's now on pace to win 90 one games but welcome to the show and let me know where you're rocking with us give me those cities those zip codes area codes who is your player of the game because we have a lot to get into it was a very very nice start by tony gonsal the velocity wasn't at its best but he went out there got some big punch outs used that split change worked down in the zone executed pitches when he needed to got a lot of soft contact we're going to talk about the Catman's outing and i have a little bit of a concern we're going to get into when it comes to the Catman, and i'll tell you about that in just a second of course this offense they are powered by the long ball of course they live by the long ball they die by the long ball but guess what they hit two home runs tonight one by will smith one by david peralta the dodgers now 35 and 20 on the season when they go big fly they're 24 and 11 when they hit two home runs a quality start from tony gonson hey i was about to pass out i was excited for a, tw- a quality start from a Dodgers starting pitcher they're 24th of the season dodgers down 19 and 6 when they get a quality start deluca well, almost got his first rbi we're going to talk about that. Lots to break down, lots to unpack in this one. But first, who is your player of the game? And also, I'm looking for that Hornito shot taker comment of the night. But first, we are you are now home with Jim Beam and Dodgers Nation. And a reminder to please drink responsibly. But I am looking for that Hornito's comment of the game. And when I see one of those, I'm going to give you one of these. A new, a new little insert here, a new little drop. So you're going to get one of these. You win. 
Perfect. If I see a fire take, any hot take, anything spicy, you're going to see one of these. Fire take. Anything a little sus, we're going to see one of these. Bruh. If we have a burn, any type of burn, any type of burn, it could be a shot at the Astros, the Padres, a player. I don't care what it is. If you give me a burn, you're going to see one of these. Finish him. And also, we're probably not going to need to do this, but of course, you got the Michelada half full take of the night. Anytime we get some negativity, we'll get the Michelada half full take of the night. And also, look at that Dodger dog. Dodger of dog of the game. Let's get right into it. Start with this comment section. You guys are popping off, and I love to see that. We got AJ Pog still in the lead. We got Ray Barrios. Catman picked up. Picked in the ninth round, he's not bad considering. That's from Ray Brios. Yeah, I thought it was a very positive outing for Tony Gonson. He goes out there. He was cruising early. He ends up going six innings, allowed two runs, allowed two hits, no runs, six strikeouts, two walks. The first pitch strike early in the game, that was big for him. I thought Tony Gonson did a very, very nice job out there. Some very interesting comments from Dave Roberts before the game talking about Tony Gonson and really the recovery issue that he's having in between starts. It's not the starts, it's the days in between where he's not getting back to full strength, and you're seeing that in the velocity, the velocity dip. And Dave said before the game that, Tony Gonson is at his best when he's anywhere between 93 and 95 miles per hour. Well, where was he tonight? It was a little below that. He was under his season average. His four-seam fastball, it averaged 91.1 miles per hour. That was down 1.4 miles per hour. The splitter was down. The curveball, the slider, they were all down. But look, the bottom line is he was out there getting outs, getting big sequences, and I think he did a really nice job just staying low. He wasn't making mistakes out over the heart of the plate, and he, when he does that, he can be effective. So i definitely going to start with my grade for Tony Gonsolin. I'm going to give him a solid B, a solid B for Tony Gonsolin. I thought he did a really nice job navigating his way through this White Sox lineup. Got a nice little 4-0 cushion there. But he went out there, and he made some really, really big pitches and big spots, executed really not too many high-stress innings. But let me know what you thought of Tony Gonsolin's outing because we have everything you need to know from this game, but the first thing you need to know is a solid outing from a Dodger starting pitcher when this rotation was suffering. Well, save Bobby Miller and Clayton Kershaw. Outside of those two, really no consistency throughout this Dodgers starting rotation. I thought that Tony Gonsolin, he took the challenge well, ends up going six innings, no runs, had six punch outs, had the two walks, but I thought he was very effective, and I like what I saw from him. Only concern I have is the velocity. We're going to break down his outing right now, but let's jump into the comment section. Give me your grades for Tony Smokes, Tony Gonson, the Godslinger on the hill tonight. He went six innings, B-plus. That's from Craig Osterberg. Gonsolin took the second-fewest number of games to get 30 wins in MLB history, 37. I'm actually going to do a whole video on wins and losses. Remind me to do that because I think it's – look, I mean, anything, anytime – your success or failure statistically is based on your offense. I don't think that's a good way to evaluate a pitcher. It's very arbitrary. But, uh, yeah, I mean, a win's a win. And the most important thing is he was effective. And Tim Anderson needs to leave and come to the City of Angels. That's from IC. We got Trace Howard. Hayward season. Outman going to make me end it all. Yeah, we're going to talk about your boy James Outman. He continues to struggle. He goes 0 for 3 with three strikeouts tonight. It was just not a good night for James Outman once again. You saw him striking out on heaters up in the zone. Four-seam fastball. He's struggling with that. Also a slider down in the zone. Really had no chance at it. And he's really struggling in a big way and he hasn't hit a home run 
since May 17th. He's stuck on nine home runs, and since that last home run, he's gone eight for 51 with 25 strikeouts. That's almost 50% of the time he's striking out, a 49% strikeout rate with no home runs. He's going through it bad. It is James Droughtman, and I think, like I said a few weeks ago, I'm starting to reconsider who is the center fielder of the future. I don't even think he's on the Dodgers right now. Let's be honest with you, just to be frank. But here we go. We got a B-plus from Deborah Young. TA7 needs a change of scenery. Yeah, he definitely could use that. A little drama on the side. I don't know if you know about that with Tim Anderson dealing with some drama. And, yeah, I mean, still hasn't hit a home run this season. I think the Dodgers could benefit from a more bat-to-ball guy. It's nice to see him get on base with a walk if you're Tim Anderson, not a guy that does that very frequently. And also, too, I like that Ivy stroke, and that's our first Dodgers Nation Hornitos comment of the game presented by our friends over at Hornitos. That is Ivy Stroke. It says DMAC with a nice home run on his bobblehead night. You're going to get one of these. As for you, my man, Ivy Stroke. Yeah, it was a great night for Will Smith. Anytime you homer on your bobblehead night, you're going to feel good about that. And he did it early, goes up, and he hits the big two-run shot. That's exactly what the Dodgers needed. And really, I mean, that's just the formula for success for this Dodgers team. It's going yard, going deep, hitting the long ball, and they're the beneficiaries of that again. So, yeah, it's great to see Will Smith go up and, and hit a bomb, his 10th home run of the season. And great to see the Dodgers go up ahead early on because this is a team they're 26 and 15 now when they score first like i said 35 and 20 when they hit a home run and the concern I have with this Dodgers team is the home and road splits. We're going to get into that in a little bit. We'll start, though, in that bottom of the first inning. Let's see if I got any hot comments, anything heaty, anything spicy, anything lava hot. Let's see. We got uh, we got uh, Camille Harris. I don't think the Catman would have done as well as he did if he was pitching against the D-back. That's from Camille Harris. I mean, hey, man, that's a fair point. You're talking about a team that – pales a comparison when it comes to their overall offensive output. So, yeah, not really going out on a limb on that one, but I still think there's a Diamondbacks team. They're edgy. If you look at offensively, they're top five. They're scrapping. They continue to win, but tonight was their night, and that really is one of the big takeaways that the Dodgers, they pick up a much-needed game on the Arizona Diamondbacks, now three games back in the NOS, sitting at 38-29. and 29. Three games back, Dodgers on pace to win 91 games. we got a B-plus from Diane Schroeder. That's all that really matters was the win from Mark Ortega. By the way, if you're new to the channel, be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, and if you want to see Will Smith make the all-star team, smash that like button. Smitty, he goes yard tonight, hits his 10th home run of the season. Justin Lamas, you're bringing a burn with the James strikeout, man. You're going to get one of these. Anytime you get a burn, this is new to the show. Big Mortal Kombat fan as a kid. Finish him. Finish him, uh, El Gato Rock, that's from Motita. Yeah, the Catman definitely, I think, his most impressive start of the season. I think if you look at the efficiency was better, the walks were down. Still had two on the night, but lots of soft contact. My concern is the velocity. We talked about that a few seconds ago, down a mile, 1.4 miles. And, yeah, start with the bottom of the first inning. So bottom of the first inning, Dodgers go out there, and they strike first blood. They go out, score some runs there in the first inning. Freeman, he draws a one-out walk on seven pitches. Next batter, Will Smith, 3-1 pitch. He hits a bomb to left center for his 10th home run of the season. That gave the Dodgers an early 2-0 lead. Next batter, Jason Hayward, a great pickup. Jay Hay, 2-2 pitch. He cranks a one-out single to center. And then with Hayward at first, J.D. Martinez, a one-out 
one-two pitch. He strikes out swinging on a cutter away for the second out. And then first pitch to Peralta. He jumps on it, ambushes Lynn. A cutter, he goes big fly to center for a two-run shot to make it 4 nothing Dodgers. So the Dodgers sitting pretty there early in the game. They put up a four spot there. And then Miguel Vargas, he grounds to second. So, yeah, great start. The start that this Dodgers team needed coming off a very disappointing road trip where they scored 36 runs. And they managed to go just two and four. They got walked off twice. So it's great to see the Dodgers come out swinging there in the bottom of the first inning, put up a four spot. So four runs on three hits. And then. In a roaring stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Tony Gonson really cruising in this one. But, yeah, first question, I mean, the all-star votes, have you voted for Will Smith? Have you voted for Will Smith for the all-star team? Because this is a guy that absolutely deserves to make it. This is a guy who has established himself as the best hitting catcher. Yes, Sean Murphy, he does some great things. There's no question about that. But Will Smith, he absolutely deserves a spot on that all-star team. Already right at the top when it comes to F4, and he's missed a lot of games. So he's still second F4 at 2.3 entering tonight. Will Smith... On his bobblehead night, not the funniest guy. He's not going to win last comic standing, but I think he's going to be the last catcher standing when it comes to the all-star votes. I don't care what we need to do to get him in there. you got to get Smitty in that all-star game because he absolutely is deserving. But, uh, yeah, do you guys think there's a chance he could get robbed? Because JT Ramudo, as far as him being a brand name, does worry me just a little bit. We got to Fire Dave Roberts. That's from William Jackson. Our first Fire Dave Roberts, so we'll give that a fire take. Fire take. Uh, first Fire take. Yeah, I thought Dave Roberts made some interesting moves tonight that almost paid. I mean, you got to say they kind of paid dividends. If you took out Tony Gonson after six innings, Caleb Ferguson, we're going to talk about that in a second. I thought Caleb Ferguson, one thing you absolutely need to take away from this game is Caleb Ferguson, who I said a few days ago, that pitch was so bad against the Phillies, that cutter up out over the plate. I haven't seen a pitch that bad from Fergie since she's saying the All-Star, since she's saying the National Anthem of the All-Star game back in 2016. So to see Fergie come out, he was so much better mechanically. He looked more sound, and he was very impressive. A very nice bounce-back appearance from Caleb Ferguson. He had a 1-2-3-7. He retired the side in order on 12 pitches. So well done, Ferguson. That's a Michelada half-full take of the night. <laughs> We got more grades coming in for Tony Gonson. Rod Wills has an A minus. We got J. Cole Harper. Another night of bad situational hitting from J. Cole Harper. Yeah, I mean, look, if someone said fire Dave Roberts, I thought the pinch hit for Peralta with Rojas after Lynn was done against Crochet. That was an interesting move. Peralta four for eight against lefties. Of course, throughout the course of his career, he's more of a righty killer. We know that about him. But I thought Rojas came in, put together a really nice at bat. You saw the infield single that ended up loading the bases, and they were able to get another run across thanks to the Miguel Vargas sacrifice fly. So, yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, 5-1 game, you're feeling good about that. I would say the biggest key to tonight's win was Tony Gonson going the distance. But here we go. Send Outman down 
to the Bad News Bears. That's from IC. We got uh, that's a fire tag. That's a burn. Fire tag. Uh, Alvin for Anderson, Craig Osterberg, Trey's Hayward season 2023. Wait, what happened with Tim Anderson drama? You can look it up. Uh, Kevin Yuhas, DMAG, you curse Outman. You willed his struggles into existence. Kevin Yuhas, I wish I had that power. I really do. I really wish I did have that power. It would be fantastic but unfortunately that's not the case if you want to survive at the big leagues you got to make adjustments you got to find a way to hit big league pitching and right now James Altman is struggling at the plate there are certain stretches there are certain sequences where he does not look like a big league hitter we talked about his numbers since May 17th earlier he's struggling eight for 51 striking out almost 50 percent of the time and, yeah, let's just call it what it is. He's just down bad right now. James Altman is going through a really rough stretch, and this is the most important stretch of his season because we're going to find out, does he have it? Can he make adjustments at the big league level? Look, getting to the show is one thing. Having your first wave of success is another thing. But can you sustain it? Can you make adjustments after they adjust against you? You're seeing fastballs up in the zone. Two of his three strikeouts today. Fastballs up in the zone. The other one was a slider. He ends up going 0 for 3. So really it's about James Altman finding a way to make those key adjustments. So we got Justin Lama saying, Doug, the center fielder of our future is Trout. That's an extreme hot take right there. Mr. Seafad says, Cadman gets an A- and left the litter box in good condition. There you go. That's a Joronito's comment of the game for you. So we got Fire Robert. Peralta is on fire. Deb Young, how about that nasty Diamondbacks loss? Yeah, they got smoked, the snakes. And, yeah, we'll see if they come down to earth because they have been playing really good baseball, really no indication. I think the thing with the Diamondbacks is you got Gallon, you got Nelson. I have my doubts that their starting pitching is going to be able to continue and sustain this through the course of a 162-game season. And do they feel as good about this? They feel good enough about what they've done so far, considering all their youth and inexperience, to make moves, to mortgage their future a little bit, or do you say, hey, we just want this development. We want these guys to get experience. And then when the Dodgers falter or the Padres falter, a team like that in the future, maybe we go all in. Maybe we take all those chips and push them to the center of the table and we make our run then so I still think the Dodgers should be in a pretty decent position as long as they can right the ship when it comes to starting pitching when it comes to their bullpen if they can get anywhere close to the team they were last year that would change the game quickly because offensively this is one of the best teams offensively in the sport it's just a matter of getting consistent pitching and that was why you won five to one because you got a really nice start from Tony Gonsolin Caleb Ferguson came out and pitched well that we we saw a really nice appearance from Evan Phillips. I mean, Evan Phillips, no one's even talking about this, but his ERA this month is 13 and a half. I mean, the opponent's batting average is still under 200, but still, I mean, when your best reliever is struggling that much, it's no surprise that they're having the results that they're having. But yeah, really nice job from Tony Gonson. We got uh, Justin Lamas. Bobby Miller is going to be our number three starter next year behind Otani and Burns. Interesting. Sorry, I had to DMAC James Bostrom. We got uh, Daniel Reyes. Outman put the Mantis sleep mask on in May and still hasn't taken it off. That's from Daniel Reyes. That's a fire taken. Yeah, look, I was I didn't want to go that route. Look, guys, I got to be around these guys. I got to be around these players. Can't talk that much smack. And look, I'm a big fan of James Outman. He's a great guy. He's a hard worker. It's not because of lack of effort. I can guarantee you James Altman is doing everything around the clock to try to turn things around. It's just, look, hitting a Major League Baseball, 
That's the toughest thing to do in sports. Save for maybe hopping in the ring with Mike Tyson in his prime. There's not a lot of things that are harder to do than hitting a major league fastball or major league curveball or a slider. Just look at the scene from Bull Durham with Crash Davis when he talks about the heat, talks about exploding sliders. It's just a whole nother level, and we're going to see if he can make that adjustment. But I do love the fact that you did bring up one of the reasons why I get the best sleep of my life is because of my Mantis sleep. Mantis sleep is an absolute game changer. I vouch for it. I highly recommend you guys get one. It will absolutely change your life for the better. Mantis sleep is absolutely incredible. You guys go to DN, go to mantisleep.com, use promo code DN2023. It is an absolute game changer. You'll be sleeping like a baby. You can use it for naps. This is where it's at. Mantis Sleep, they make the world's best sleep masks and sleep accessories. Everything they do is to enable better lives through better sleep. They work relentlessly to improve and optimize sleep so that you can have the energy to live your best life. Check out mantisleep.com today so you can sleep better anywhere, anytime. Get your Manta mask today. Use the code DN2023. Yeah, more stolen bases, by the way. We saw one there early in the game. 85th of the season, Dodgers have only thrown out nine. That is worst in the league when it comes to ratio. So, yeah, didn't love that about this game. But here, back to your comments. We got good win for the Dodgers. The home cooking did the trick. And, yeah, I mean, to me, that is something I'm concerned about. And the home ERA for the Dodgers this year, it's the best in baseball. The Dodgers' home ERA sits at 313. Their road ERA is 29th out of 30 teams. It sits at 570. Their home record is best in baseball, 21 and 11. Why do you think it is? You think it's the home cooking? They get to sleep in their own beds. You get to wear those beautiful wedding gown, white Dodgers uniforms. I mean, what do you think it is? Do you have any theories out there? D-Mac needs his own bobblehead. I love that, man. I would love my own bobblehead. That's a fire. Take you one of these. We got Doug, the words from the King. What up, David, over on YouTube? We got Trey's D-Mac. Have you had any insight on if Outman is even trying to make any mechanical adjustments with the hitting coaches? Trace, I can tell you that, look, it's pretty obvious to me what they did early in the season. Try to widen his stance out a little bit and try to make some different changes kind of to just getting on top of the ball. But I think there's also a mental component to this too. I think that there's a lot of indecision. Dave Roberts has talked about that. And I think, look, he whether it's getting a, a faster start, whether it's trying to get on top of the baseball, you're just not seeing it right now. And I think that really is his biggest issue as far as the adjustments is that he's going to make. I mean, this is a guy that really sticks to mechanically what has worked for him. It's a short, compact stroke. It's just the bat speed isn't like the bat speed we've seen that has improved with J.D. Martinez this year. Some other guys. You can say what you want about Miguel Vargas. When it comes to bat-to-ball skills, he can find his way to get to his bat on the ball. So, yeah, that really is the key issue. And, look, the bottom line, it's just tough to hit big league pitching, and the bat speed is just not there. I definitely want to see some tweaks as far as getting really into his swing a little earlier to help him get himself to the ball to get on top of those fastballs because sometimes – he just doesn't look competitive out there. Those don't look like big league at-bats, and he does look like a big leaguer at the plate. And you're seeing a lot of quick outs. I mean, going down on three pitches, going down on four pitches. And you saw that tonight. Strikes out three times, two via that four seam, one via that slider. But, yeah, jumping to the top of the fourth inning, that is where Tony Gonson started to get into a little bit of trouble as far as his – Knight was a concern, really didn't get into many traps or anything like that, but Robert Jr., he pops to first in the 0-1 pitch to Vaughn. He singled to the left, the first hit of the night for the White Sox, first base hit of the game, and then after that, Moncada, he grounded to a fielder's choice for the first to first, 
And then Moncada advances to second on a wild pitch. So got a little sloppy in that inning, lost command a little bit. And then 2-0 pitch to Berger. He hits him and gives the White Sox runners on first and second with Grandal at the plate. And then on the 1-0 pitch, he gets Grandal to ground to second to end the inning. So Command took a dip there. You had a stretch where he threw six straight balls, a really nice mound visit there from Will Smith. And still, they weren't able to put any runs across. So he still put up a zero. They get no runs on a hit, a walk, and a hit batter. So, yeah, I mean, the command wasn't fantastic, but there were certain stretches where he was on point. Jumped to the top of the fifth inning, 3-2 pitch, 8 pitch to the bat, sheet strikes out swinging. He gets him to chase a split change, bottom of the zone, nastier than a gas station bathroom. That was Really the money pitch of the night for me for Tony Gonson. Then a 2-2 pitch, he gets Gonzalez swinging, curveball away. Really nice job with the sequencing right there. He actually gets him swinging with that slider down the zone, but really nice really nice sequencing there. You got the curveball away, the splitter outside the on the corner, the splitter down away. Just really nice job staying low in the zone, and that is what impressed me the most with his outing was his command and not going above the belt, not leaving anything out over the plate. And then next batter, 2-0, he walked Anderson on four pitches, missing down with the splitter, curveball four seam. And next batter, 2-0, six straight misses for Gonsolin. He gets Benintendi to ground to a fielder's choice to short for the third out. So really nice job there coming back, bouncing back there in the fifth inning after throwing six straight balls, six straight misses. Then he comes back, then you jump to the top of the six. Roberts grounds to a to third for the first out, then Vaughn struck out swinging for the second out. Another fantastic, filthy, nasty splitter down. And then Mokata, he reached on an infield single. This was a strange play. This was a bizarre play. Do you guys have any theories on that play? I mean, what are you get your takes on that? We got uh, James Bostrin, I voted for the hay train. Mitch Gordon, Dodgers have the best pitching ERA in the majors at home and the worst ERA in the majors on the road. That's the difference, Mitch. Yeah, I mean, it's close to being the worst. Actually, 29 out of 30, but splitting hairs there. But, yeah, your point still remains. Really good at home, really bad on the road. That's not the formula for winning the division. That's not the formula for being a really good team. So, yeah, we got Catman, only gave up two hits. We got Gonsolin, Dodger dog of the game. Yeah, he's my Dodger dog of the game. Wish I had the Dodger cat. Dodger dog of the game. Dodger dog of the game. But, yeah, they're in that sixth inning. Really interesting play. Moncada reached on an infield single, a one-hopper to second base, and Vargas, he throws it to... Freeman, and it was just a very bizarre play. It looked like, look, I mean, Miguel Vargas, you guys know I'm a big fan of this guy. I think he's going to be a Dodger for the next five to ten years, a real core piece for this team. But defensively, he has not played great. He's a minus five outs above average. He's in the eighth percentile. He's still learning a new position. But on that play, it was really interesting because Gonsolin just stopped running because, I mean, he would have just ran to Freddie Freeman if he kept running. So really a weird play right there. I was hoping that that wouldn't cause him to spiral Thankfully, he bounces back to get out of the inning. He comes back to strike out Jake Berger on a four-seam fastball in the inside corner for the third out. So a really nice job there. And then you jump to bottom of the sixth inning. Jason Hayward, leadoff single. He steals second. Jason Hayward, too. He is a guy where you just love the bind. You love the bind. I can tell you the two leaders of this team vocally, Freddie Freeman, Jason Hayward. We all know that Clayton Kershaw, his mere presence Provides leadership alone. Mookie Betts, he's great with everyone. Leads by example. But vocal leader-wise, it's Freddie Freeman and Jason Hayward. And the reality with this, though, is Jason Hayward, as magnetic and inspiring as his personality is, just as the 2016 Cubs when they had the delay, and he pretty much turned the, that series on its head and helped them win that World Series and ending that drought there. 
you can't have the same voice if you're not being a contributing player. And he's doing that. I mean, the on-base 340, hitting 233, but still well above average. He came into today with a 117 OPS+. plus. So, yeah, I mean, you love that about Jason Hayward. He's contributing defensively, has lost a little bit of a step, didn't love his defense in the series against the Phillies, but still, from the coming there, sixth inning, he's, he gets the leadoff single, he steals second. J.D. Martinez, he draws that walk. That was it for Lance Lynn. And then we saw Dave Roberts, he elects to pinch hit for Rojas with – he he likes to pinch it for David Peralta with Miguel Rojas and Rojas he hits an infield single to left Nat loads the bases next batter Miguel Vargas he hits a fly ball to left center and that was deep enough to score Hayward that put the Dodgers up five to nothing at that point and yeah I mean that was the first run that the Dodgers had scored since the first inning so like I was saying sometimes those droughts they are bad sometimes the Dodgers offense they put on that man to sleep after they hit two or three or four home runs so yeah it's good to see them get some consistency there in the sixth inning to put another run across, especially after what we saw there in the bottom of the ninth inning. And then next batter, James Altman, runners on the corners, one out, 0-2 pitch. He strikes out swing on a slider for the second out. Like I said, James Altman, he looks more lost than me looking for my car at the Dodger Stadium parking lot after I've had like 10 Micheladas, okay? He's definitely lost at the plate. I think it would behoove him. I think he could benefit from going down and trying to work out the kinks of that swing because, look, facing big league pitching, the confidence is going to get shaken. It is going to impact him at some point, and he's just not seeing the results. You would love for him to snap out of it, but he has been stuck on nine home runs since May 17th, and he just hasn't provided very much offense. Defensively, he still played well. Defensively, he still performed very well, and I think that alone could give him some more time. And, look, I think... It's still slightly premature, but at some point you got to factor in what is best for James Alvin. But next batter, 2-2 pitch, Taylor. He took a strike on the outside corner that looked like it was going to be a ball there. And, uh, yeah, ends up loading the count full. And, uh, yeah, ends up loading the count full. And we saw on that uh, that pay, that call right there, really, Gonson's beginning that call all night. He ends up fouling to first to end the inning. So the Dodgers, they get one run on one hit and a walk. Then top of the seventh, one-two pitch. Grandal, he popped to second for the first out. Two-one to Frazier. He strikes him out with a cutter down. Gonzalez, he got him out on three pitches. Really nice job. Gets him with a cutter down for strike three. So really nice job for Ferg. Then bottom of the seventh, Dodgers had an opportunity to score another run. Leadoff double by Mookie. Freddie struck out swinging. Then 3-2 count to Will Smith. He struck him out on a slider down and in for the second out. And then DeLuca hitting for Hayward. 1-0 count. He singled to right. Betts was thrown out at the plate. Betts out the plate. I mean, just a nice throw by Frazier. And I was thinking, hey, Yasmani Grandal holding on to the ball. I got some, some nightmares. Where was that Grandal when I needed him, right? But, yeah, the Dodgers, they don't get anything there. And then you saw bottom of the ninth inning. They were able to – they had enough runs at that point that, yeah, you felt good about even the fact that it was Scott on the mound, that they were going to be able to escape. And you, right there, I mean, Vaughn hit a ground rule double. Moncada ground into a fielder's choice. The pitcher, Vaughn, ends up at third. Strikes out Berger. Then his night was done. Bruce Dark, Ratterall, he comes in. And 
We saw, and then Grandal hit a sack fly to center, scoring Vaughn. That made it five to one Dodgers, and then he gets Frazier to ground out to end the game. So Dodgers get the dub. The big takeaway is really a very solid start from Tony Gonsolin. The bullpen bounced back nicely, especially Caleb Ferguson in my eyes, keeping the ball down. He was efficient, struck out the side. He retired the side in order, or as I should say. So really nice job bouncing back. Evan Phillips, really the only hiccup there was Scott there late. Youth movement, though, I would say another big takeaway. James Alvin continues to struggle. We've broken that down extensively tonight. And also Vargas defensively not looking great. But still, yeah, another win for the Dodgers. And you hope that they can reverse this trend, the home road splits. But, hey, this week they're at home, so you're feeling good about that. So let's jump to the comments. And I got some Doc Nuggets, too. We'll talk about some injury updates, and then we'll leave you with that. But thanks for rocking with us, guys, here. And, uh, yeah, let me just jump back into this comment section and – we will uh, let you enjoy the rest. Here we go. 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 Gonson, Dodger dog of the game. We got, uh, do you think Kendall Graveman will be on the trade block, Javier? Yeah, I don't know. It's still it's still a little early for that, I would say, based on people I've talked to. I mean, everyone says this market because of the competition out there, because of so many teams really being the hunt. We'll see how much movement we are going to get. Sand Outman out of town. That's from Jason Diamond. Yeah, how about period point blank? Do you guys think, what's your confidence level on a scale of 1 to 10 that James Outman makes it as an everyday center fielder for the Dodgers? To me, I would probably put that as a 5 right now. Probably at a 5. Uh, and that's a generous 5. We got Outman is better than Bellinger. BS. We got James Boseman. We got Diane Schroeder, of course, the fairy godmother. You're uh, do you live in Cancun? Well, you're coming back from Cancun. Nice to have you back in the States. D-Mac, let's do a shoe for your twin, Will Smith. No, no shoeies tonight, okay? Can't break. I got It's very selective. I have to be really excited. Hey, Bobby Miller gets 10 strikeouts next game. How about that? I'll do a shoey for that. D-Mac is Outman DJ Peters 2.0, 390. Wow. Interesting comp there. Interesting comp. Look, I still think James Outman has a lot. Look, I think the thing about... The thing about James Alman is he's more athletic than DJ Peters, but DJ Peters, I mean, there are some similarities, of course. DJ Peters, a Glendora guy. James Alman, he's from Northern California. Peters a little bigger, 6'5". James Alman around 6'3". But as far as in 2021, Peters had, I mean, pretty much, he, I mean, he doesn't have the power, man. Peters hit like one bomb. James Alman is far ahead of so I would so is far ahead of him from a power standpoint. So I wouldn't put him in that category. But I do like the comp. Anytime you do a call back, appreciate that. DKM. What's up, DKM? Thanks for rocking with us, my man. If there was one player you want as a Dodger really bad, who would you die for? Jeez, that's really, really intense. Man. Probably Miguel Vargas. I mean, let's be honest here. <laughs> okay, like I would uh Clayton Kershaw, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman. Uh, look, all these guys, but uh, yeah, the, I would probably say none of those guys. I mean, I, Miguel Fargus for sure has to be Miguel, right? Uh, he has his whole career ahead of him, right? So we got uh, Outman needs time to in the minors. That's from MB. King Yellowman, will we trade for Bellinger if Outman keeps sucking? Well, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think you're going to see Cody Bellinger on the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, that ship has sailed. That book has been closed. I just don't see that happening. Look, Cody Bellinger, he's been nothing to write home about either. First of all, he hasn't played since May 15th, and in May, he had a 578 OPS. So, yeah, he's on the 10-day IL right now. So, yeah, I don't think that's an option for any 
any possible scenario where that would be the case. But a couple nuggets from Doc's scrum before the game I wanted to mention is, yeah, like I said, he said that Tony was at his best when he's anywhere between 93 and 95, and today Tony was under 92. The velocity was down. So I'm very curious to see how he does from a recovery standpoint, how he's feeling tomorrow. And, yeah, like he said, he's he's trying to throw the baseball in a way where he's trying to get the velocity up, but he said he doesn't think he's guarding, and they really want to save some bullets for him, so they're not trying to wear him down. Also, Max Muncy. He said last time Muncie ran down the line, there's a little bit of a strain, so a little strain for Max Muncie. He was down today. He could be available tomorrow off the bench, and they expect him to be back for the Giants series. He is going to get an MRI tomorrow for more testing. So they think it's minimal, but there's no chance at the moment that he's going to be headed for an IL stint. They said that Julio is stretched out. The effort was really good today. They don't know when he's going to get backed out on the mound, but he's training in the right direction. And another thing, too, they're expecting Daniel Hudson back in the next few weeks. He's itching to get back there on the mound. He's heading out for a rehab assignment. There's nothing new on Dustin May. They're a week out on seeing if a PRP injection that he took takes and how he responds from that. And so they're waiting to see if he can pick up a baseball. But the good news is Hudson is good. They say he's getting anxious. He thinks it's going to be a couple of weeks, but he's going to make this team better instantly. He's another high-leverage guy that you put in there to close games tonight. You'd have probably seen Daniel Hudson at some point. But like I said, this is a guy who hasn't pitched in over a year. So I think we should temper expectations to an extent because of the fact that this is a guy that, like I said, is an older guy coming off that injury, has dealt with some recovery issues, and also he's had some ups and downs throughout his career as well, so I don't think you can bank on him completely. I think there's a good chance he comes back, though, and performs well, but I think we should temper expectations, at least at the very beginning. Also, Ryan Pepio hasn't picked up a baseball. There's still something there with the rib and oblique. He still weighs out. Very frustrating for him, so that's really the scoop. Talking about Bobby Miller, Bobby Miller, did his pen today. He's going to pitch either Friday or Saturday on and Sunday will be a regular. So he won't uh, he so Sunday they're not going to do two bullpen games in a row basically. So that's pretty much the rub. That's the scoop with Dave Roberts and where this team's headed as far as from an injury standpoint. You're feeling good about the fact that Hudson's going to be returning, but that is going to do it for this episode of the Dodgers Nation post-game show. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. As always, I appreciate you rocking with us. We're trying to do more shows. We're trying to do possibly four shows a week, maybe more than that. So we're going to keep them a little shorter and try to get you guys all the good stuff. But let's, here we go. DMAC, I got to be around these guys. Yeah, Imar, we got, uh, you mean Muhammad Ali in his prime? Yes, I agree. That's from Rumor Assassin. DMAC, this is from Trey's Hayward season. DMAC, if you had any insight on if Outman, oh, yeah, I think I already answered that one. DKM, I could see a Dodgers team useless, more like a farm team. The prime would be over 50 years. Rod Wilson, Outman needs a haircut and a different swing. Yeah, man, I mean, that swing, I think, is more important than the haircut. I'll be honest with that one. We got Diane Schroeder, Outman needs to learn to hit another pitch. Other than fastballs, yeah. yeah, I think that's really the big issue. It's the location of the fastball upstairs up in the zone. Rod Wilson, Outman is bringing Belly back. <laughs> yeah, he's going to go full-on Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible, or just rip off the mask, and it's going to be Cody Bellinger. Outman is Belly in 2023 from Boomer Assassin. Mr. Seabad Dodgers get stolen for more. Dodgers get stolen more from more than the Walmart in Inglewood. Wow, that's definitely a burn for sure. Finish him. 
We got Dave Catalano, uh, David Catalano. They last bat in the, and the bullpen sucks. That's the way they're better at home. DKM Outman should be him. Looks like Tarzan took a break with the damn monkeys. Uh, Craig Osterberg, Dodgers do better when they have a bobblehead night. Yeah, the statistics actually do indicate that, that they actually do better on bobblehead nights, especially offensively. Craig Osterberg, Outman should hit the ball the other way. Absolutely, you want to use all fields. Definitely has a big pull swing. That's why I was so optimistic in his first game at Dodger Stadium, of course. He hits an oppo shot there to start his career. Uh, Dodgers should target Tommy Edmond from the cards. Switch hitter, stolen base threat. Can play any position, including catcher. And is on a one-year $4.2 million contract. This is from... In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Bring them home. Bring them home. Bring them home. Well, lots of you. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, I think the Cardinals are a very interesting team in the sense that they are a team that is really in turmoil. I mean, when have you heard that the Cardinals are getting booed at home? And yeah, Tommy Edmond. Definitely has versatility. He can play the infield, short, right field. I mean, he can play all kinds of stuff, corner corner outfield spots. He is below average offensively at 90 OPS this season, OPS plus, hitting 237, six home runs, .7 war. So, yeah, I mean, if you're looking for that player on the margins, contractually it makes sense. Of course, they don't want to bring on guys that are under team control or under contract for multiple seasons for the most part. They want to maintain that flexibility. That's what they went out there and got a J.D. Martinez and a Jason Hayward and a David Peralta. It does make some sense. So we'll see if the Cardinals are going to be sellers for sure and also if they're going to be willing to make a deal with the Dodgers because they have made very many deals. They're the two flagship franchises in the National League as far as I'm concerned, and we'll see if they're going to be willing to do business because, yeah, I mean, Jack Flaherty is another guy that could be dealt as well as a starting pitcher. we got uh, Ethan Mac. At what point do you think the Dodgers move on from Outman if he can turn things around? That's a really good question. Like I said, I just gave you his numbers earlier, and the fact of the matter is, He's struggling. He's struggling, and he's not showing any signs of life. I mean, if you look at the quality of contact, it's not really there. I mean, you're seeing some swings today. I mean, three at-bats, three strikeouts, and a lot of quick outs, too. So it's not a situation where you say, oh, it looks like he's going to snap out of it. It does not look very good. And like I said, since he had a go-ahead grand slam on May 17th against the Twins, he's gone 8 for 51 with 25 strikeouts. That's a 49% strikeout rate with no home runs. So my whole read on the James Almond situation has always been this. You'll live with the strikeouts if you're getting the slug, if you're getting the extra base hits, the doubles, the triples, the home runs. You're not getting that 
struggling to put the ball in play, but I will say he does provide value defensively. He's grading well as a defensive center fielder, and maybe he's a guy that just needs a home run, needs an extra base hit to start feeling good about himself and can go on a tear. I do think, though, if you're seeing it another couple weeks where he's putting up similar numbers, they're going to explore some options. And I said it a few weeks ago, and I was trying to get ahead of the whole Outman slump thing. I was calling him James Droughtman is, yeah, you definitely might want to try to pursue an outfielder because you can find an outfield bat, right? Those exist. It's difficult to find a shortstop. It's difficult to go out there and get a Tim Anderson or Willie Domas. And even if you do, can you count on them to provide slug in the postseason? No, you really get them to, for Tim Anderson, it's a bat to ball guy. A guy can hit singles and doubles and occasionally hit for power. Willie Adamas is a guy, high strikeout guy, has some pop. He's great defensively. But if you want an outfield impact bat, I think a guy that can match against left-handed pitching, a trusted guy, then I think you'd go out and possibly consider doing that. I've seen people say they want Cedric Mullins. Orioles continue to win. He's a piece. He's also under team control for a couple more seasons. So it's going to be very expensive, even if they did make him available. So we'll see as names continue to emerge because center field defensively, it definitely comes at a premium. But here we go, guys, a couple more. You know, I could talk Dodger baseball with you guys all night long, and we're going to be back tomorrow most likely. We got uh, Freeman's fault on that play, not Vargas. Freddie's completely turned back, turned his back on Vargas and gave him no choice but to throw to Gonsolin, LMFAO, Trey's Hayward season. Yeah, that was my read on it, too. I think Freddie Freeman, just a look on his face that he had afterwards kind of said that and Tony Gonson really one of the more fundamental pitchers as far as fielding his position and yeah I mean when it's a player that's learning the position at the big league level like Miguel Vargas you definitely want to try to make it easy on him but still the good thing is he let him out but uh we got uh D-Mac really puts in work uh, and that's hey man I love this uh I love this whole baseball thing, man. Uh, we got Troy Hammond. I love Oro. We need to retire his number. But I love D. Trent in the booth with Joe Davis. I think those positive vibes help our team, D-Mac. I think I can help with Outman swing. Hornitos. I think you want one of these. Hornitos. Tom of the game from Troy Hammond. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I love D. Trent. He's a great guy. His baseball knowledge is off the charts. I love hearing him talk about pitching. He's just a pitching savant. And I love his, his saying, live low, live long. And, uh, yeah, I think he's a guy that definitely kind of sparks something with this team because, yeah, Oral Hershiser, I think he's fantastic, too. I mean, you're talking about tens across the board. I love me some Oral Hershiser. But, yeah, it's definitely nice to have a little change of pace there with Dontrell Willis getting his take on things. And you see him interacting with the players before the games. And, yeah, he can definitely connect with these guys. And he does a great job of that. And I also love anytime there's a jam and hear him say, jam, oh, jam. I love that stuff. But the shout-out to Rochester, New York D-Mac. We got uh, – that's from David. A couple more here. Here and then let you guys enjoy the rest of your Tuesday night. Gabriel, we got DMAC. What's your go-to Mendocino Farms order? I'm ordering it for my team tomorrow. Wow, interesting. My man, Gabriel Galev. Mendocino Farms, of course, a sandwich place. I'm pretty sure I ran into you at the one in Santa Monica. I like the three little pigs, man. The three little pigs not even on the menu. Or I would probably say the pork belly bond me. Yeah, guys, really my style. Anytime I go to any restaurant, any place, I always order the most unhealthy thing. Adding bacon, adding chili, adding avocado, chili cheese fries, carne asada fries. Guys, I mean, I'm pretty, uh, I have some bad habits when it comes to ordering. So, yeah, I'll definitely go with that and the curry couscous for sure. Marco Ortega, thank you for the injury report. DMAC, I love this live stream. This is the best. Blue crew, appreciate you, Marco Ortega, rocking with us. We got congratulations to Stan Craig Osterberg, Dylan Hare. 
Fingers crossed for Hudson. If he comes back good, he could solve the closer issue, saved a few games last season. Yeah, I mean, the amazing thing about that, Dylan, is the fact that he ended up with five saves last year. That was second behind Craig Kimbrell, and he was out in June. I mean, he missed most of the season with that ACL injury. So, yeah, he definitely has it in him. I mean, this is a guy who got the final out of a World Series. So he has the chops. It's just, is he healthy enough? That is my big question because he was on pace. He was heading for a career year. He was really on his way to having one of the best years of his career last year for the Dodgers. Had a strikeout rate in the 30s, a walk rate in the 5% range, and he really was definitely an asset to this bullpen and they were hoping to get him back earlier than later so let's hope that he comes back and performs because I agree with you because that is going to go a long way because then it puts Evan Phillips in the role that he's best suited for their best high leverage reliever you got Huddy as your closer and then you see if you can maybe pick up one more high leverage piece at the deadline a Chris Martin type but lineups D-Mac for C-Mac but uh Go long for Paul DeYoung. We got D-Mac. Please tell James to shave his goatee. He raked without it. Trace, maybe I'll mention that to him. That's fair. Uh, yes, Mar- Mariachi Joe back. Please, he's balling this season. He's looked really good. Uh, we got uh, it's Grimace's birthday. Uh, Dr. Luca is that hitter. We got uh, when is Hudson due back? couple weeks, Jay Silva. Thanks. Appreciate you. Diane smash that like button. We got Kershaw Day tomorrow. Jose Marquez. Yeah, and he's coming off. A really nice start. Clayton Kershaw at 2,900 strikeouts. Clayton Edward Kershaw. I'm excited to see him tomorrow. As always, I think he's in a really nice groove right now. I think he's up for the challenge of putting this team on his back. Last two starts for Clayton Kershaw. He's gone seven innings. The month of June for Clayton Kershaw, a 1-2-9 ERA. He's allowed, he's allowed, 1-2-9 ERA is allowed nine hits. 18 strikeouts, just three walks, and 14 innings of work. That's coming off of May where he definitely had his ups and downs. A 5.55 ERA in 24 and a thirds innings. Of course, he was dealing with the passing of his mother, so that's heavy on his heart. But he really has gotten back on track. And look, he's as effective as he's ever been the last few seasons. So, yeah, I'm hoping for 13 more starts, eight strikeouts to start. I want him to give 104 more strikeouts this season and then eclipse the 3,000 strikeout plateau, win a World Series MVP, and maybe right after the sunset. I think that would be great. But uh, Wednesday here, DMAC. All right, guys, so Catman was smoking hot. We got Del Taco kills Taco Bell, Rod Wilson. I disagree with that. And I don't... And there's no slight to Taco to uh, to Del Taco. Del Taco emergency, it's there. But Taco Bell to me is right up there with the goats. I mean, Taco Bell to me. I mean, what's your guys' Taco Bell order? What is it? Because Taco Bell definitely is uh is it's to me one of the best fast food chains for sure. Taco Tia, as it was originally called in 1954, of course. Yeah, it was started in Downey, California. I'm all about uh, about Taco Bell. Give me the uh, give me the box. Give me the gorditas. Give me the Mexican pizza on its way back. But uh, yeah, we got uh, Del Taco is awesome. Okay, what do I have to order at Del Taco then? I'll, how about this? I will go to Del Taco. I'll order what you want, and I'll come back. I'll report back because, admittedly, if only been to Del Taco, maybe I count it on one hand. One time it was in Phoenix after the Fiesta Bowl once a year, a couple years ago. I went to the Fiesta Bowl and. I was I was pretty buzzed. Let's just put it that way. I needed some sustenance. I found a Del Taco. That's where I ate. So I don't really remember how it tasted. But Luis Alvarez tacos from Jack in the Box are good too. My wife actually just tried those for the first time recently. She was a fan. Crunchy burrito. Okay, Jason, let me get the crunchy burrito, and I'm gonna come holler at you. Okay, because to me, Taco Bell burrito supreme. Doritos taco. I mean, to me, give me the box. Give me the nacho fries. 
Uh, Pintos and cheese from Taco Bell. Pintos and cheese, we, you know what's funny? My mom used to call it a bucket of beans. I agree with you. Now people order that. Uh, Taco Bell is the other trash. That's from Boomer Assassin. How dare you? Fire <laughs> the fire take. A double bacon cheeseburger from Del Taco. Okay, now we're talking about burgers at Del Taco. Okay, that's very, very interesting. Troy Hammond, what stoners on the channel are talking about Del Taco? LOL, this is Dodgers Nation, not of the taco. Okay, we have definitely fallen off the rails. Let me land this plane right here, okay? You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. Subscribe to the channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. And if you really want to support the channel, smash that like button. Remember, nothing brings us together quite like Dodger baseball. And until next time, think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. stadium their silence is deafening 136 israelis are still being held hostage by hamas bring them home 